This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Today's episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter the offer code SPILLED at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. (laughs) I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about lasagna. And and that means 30 minutes of Garfield jokes. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about about Mondays? Oh, I didn't because so Garfield loved lasagna, right? You, you talk, you say that as if Garfield died. <laughs> I haven't read Garfield in a long time. Well, it's changed a lot. It hasn't changed at all. Is he still living with John? Yeah, no they they had a they had a falling out like a few years ago, and Garfield got his own got his own place and like just went on a bender. Like it was a really dark time. <laughs> Is Odie still around? Um, Garfield actually murdered Odie finally and was on trial, but but managed to like beat the rap. <laughs> Oh, man. I've always wanted to say beat the rap. Um, okay. No, none of this stuff happened. Nothing in Garfield has ever changed or ever will, as far as I know. Does John have a girlfriend yet? I think maybe he did for a while. Well, like, you know, he was he always had like that on and off again thing with like the woman with the big lips. <laughs> Oh, she had like crazy eyelashes. Yes. It was like Venus flytrap situation. It was like, I was going to say, she was like the way the way you would tra- draw like a, a pretty lady from the 80s in a cartoon, <laughs> which is literally exactly what she was. Yeah. And I don't remember her name, and I and I apologize to that fictional character. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Please do. It's hot. Okay. Oh, wow, it's hot. Whoa. <laughs> this is it. This is the episode where we die. <laughs> I'm coming out. I'm coming out the other side. Oh, I'm so glad I wore shorts today. Oh, because otherwise that hot lasagna so would, have, hot. would have burned up your legs from the inside. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. It's like the opposite of a ice cream headache. I keep wanting to stretch my legs out, but I'm scared I'm going to play footsie with you again. No, I got my legs kind of retracted oh, okay. <laughs> into my shell. <laughs> okay. okay. So, did you eat lasagna? 
as a child? Of course I did. Okay, I'm tell me an about, American. Tell me about the lasagna. So you're an American. That means your childhood lasagna was spelled with an A. Yeah. Not not, not lasagna. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that most of my lasagna as a kid was made by Stouffer's. Yep, me too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It came in an orange package, and I would eat it on Thursday nights when Mrs. Beale, the babysitter, came over and nice. my parents went out. I think I alternated Stouffer's lasagna with Stouffer's turkey tetrazzini. Turkey tetrazzini, still the bomb. I I feel like I don't like turkey tetrazzini, but also I may have never had it and don't know what it is. So that's not really fair of me. Anyway, so yeah, lasagna. I mean, I, I, here's the thing. Like, What's the thing? I, I don't know... So I think you're going to have a lot of lasagna uh, uh, (laughs) opinions. (laughs) Lasagna lore, lasagna opinions. I don't have any of those things. Okay, great. This should be an awesome episode. Great. Let's go for it. So the reason I wanted to do this episode, Mm -hmm. the reason I called you here today, Uh Mm -hmm. all of you, (laughs) sorry, I just footsied you. I mean, it, it was more of a kick. It was more of a kick. Um, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, uh, un, what's the opposite of retract? Tracked? Yeah, you shouldn't have okay. tracted yourself. I, I feel like in order to really do this topic justice in the court of lasagna, we should have like a third person on the show who's really, who's like their stereotype is they're really into Italy. Cause yeah. like, that's like the third kind of tiresome food person, like the France person, the, the, uh, Asia person and the Italy person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, you can add. There's just probably you know like the the authentic Mexican person. Yeah, but I mean, I don't mean like an authentically Mexican person, although that's fine too. I keep digging that. Yeah, hole. okay. <laughs> keep shoveling. All right. So anyway, I'm I'm not I'm not like the the uh, authentic Italian person. So tell me about the lasagna of your youth. Oh, you know, I I also Stouffer's like, um, and every once in a while I will still have that. It's it's really cheap and it's and it's quite good. So when did you first discover like lasagna as a a, a product that could be made at home? Well, I know we did that sometimes. Like my mom would sometimes make lasagna and of course it was the um you know, the very thick ruffle edged lasagna noodles. Yes, yes. Like a Ronzoni type of deal. I think I made lasagna for the first time when I was in high school and I also used like a Ronzoni super thick noodle. I think I used the no boil noodles. Ah, so those And I made a recipe. This was in the era of No, I must have been younger than that cuz this was in like the low fat era. My mom was, you know, younger than what? Doing younger than high school. Okay. Um my mom was, you know, into like low fat cooking and stuff. And I think this was from some like Moosewood low fat cookbook. Low, okay. Low, what was in the, it? The low fat era. That was just so regrettable. Not not America's like finest it. hour. I don't like to remember it. Um, uh, you know, it had a whole bunch of vegetables in it. Uh, I think it had some like part skim ricotta cheese, canned tomato oh, sauce. Oh, we're going to get into that part no, skim ricotta no, cheese. No boil noodles. And I thought it was delicious at the time. And the fact that you said ricotta means you are our de facto <laughs> Italy person. I am that asshole. Go on. Okay. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I think we had like the same the same kind of thing, like some kind of, uh, you know, lasagna, lasagna made from supermarket products. That was that was also pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we talked about this a lot on our Krusty Corners episode. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of the reason uh, that lasagna exists is for like the ring around the edge, right? I noticed that and you- And I didn't you, give you- You I, gave yourself the Krusty Corner. Yeah, go for it. No, Here. no, it's fine. It's fine, Matthew. I was going to surgically remove this crusty, this crusty edge and give it to you. No. Oh, no, Matthew. All right. You enjoy it. I think you like the crusty part more than I do anyway. Maybe I do. Yeah. So I don't know like when when I realized that like uh, there were 
other strata of lasagna. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know when my first exposure to lasagna bolognese was, but uh, boy, lasagna bolognese for me is like the thing that I, I wish I would cook all the time, but almost never do because it is so much work. Um, so can I ask a stupid question? So obviously making the bolognese sauce takes a long time, mm-hmm. but are you also making a white sauce for that, a bechamel? Yep. Absolutely. But making a bechamel is pretty quick and easy. It is, but then you're also making the noodles. Oh, well, I wouldn't go in for and that like, bullshit. You can you can use like no boil noodles, which I think are pretty good. But uh, you know, if you're if you've taken the time to make the bechamel and the bolognese sauce, yeah. like of course you're going to make your own noodles. And then, you know, like like Marcella taught us, you you have to then boil the noodles and then <laughs> drain them and set them aside and and layer them the boiled noodles and then bake it. So. Can I admit that I haven't made homemade pasta in like probably since my dad was alive? I haven't I haven't made it in ages. I remember either. making it with him. Yeah, so I guess so I never make lasagna at home. Occasionally, uh, I'm always happy when I'm out somewhere and I am served lasagna. Lasagna oh, yeah. is like is there any way for it to not be delicious? Well, I, there's one way that I can think of, which is when you get like a vegetable lasagna where the vegetables have not been sufficiently pre-cooked Ooh. and it gets you get like a combination of watery lasagna with undercooked vegetables. Mm-hmm. I have encountered that. That is not a happy Here's thing. Here's the thing: I don't really, I just don't really want a lot of vegetables in my lasagna. I'm so glad you said that. I don't want. I don't want like a butternut squash bechamel lasagna. I, I don't want a spinach in my lasagna. No, I don't want that. I want I, these things as a side dish with my lasagna. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I I think that probably lasagna bolognese is is the ultimate because you get the creaminess of, of the ultimate of the bechamel. You get this like wonderful sort of slightly funky meat sauce. Do you put chicken liver in your bechamel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean in your in, in your bolognese. bolognese. Yes. Anyway, Ugh, yes. Okay, game over. We can end this episode now. Lasagna bolognese, the ultimate. Okay. Is there do you think there's a way to make it I mean, it's not difficult. Like, no no part of it is, like, a hard thing to make. It's just that you have to make so many things, and the sauce simmers for hours. And Well, let's – okay, hold on. Let's let's pause that. Let's talk about the lasagna you made today because I've got to say these noodles are quite nice. Yeah, pretty good, right? What are these noodles? So um, these are uh, uh, Trader Joe's brand no-boil noodles that I did boil ahead before layering in the lasagna. And they're I think – really nice and thin. They are fairly – they're they're a reasonable substitute for homemade. I feel like you could very very confidently make a bechamel, mm-hmm. a bolognese, and layer it with this cheap pasta, and it would be delicious, Matthew. And I think I've probably done that with the past. Okay, I, I uh, I'm making a pledge to you, Molly, and you, the listener. <laughs> You're all invited to my house. Yes. Um, and uh, that's I said one, two, three, fake street. Um, <laughs> apartment three two one. Apartment apartment three two one. Contact. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're a member of the Bloodhound Gang. You'll you'll suss out the real address. Um, I, I think I, I had you over once long ago for lasagna bolognese. You did? I did, and I it's it's I wrote about it in my first book. I was like, oh. I need something to write about for my book. I'm going to invite some food writer friends over. That was and make a lasagna. long, long, long time ago. I think Matthew. it may have been 2007. We are so overdue for some lasagnaing. I'll come over this time and I'll I'll make the bolognese. I'll I'll, oh. I'll lighten the load, man. Okay, you're on. <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way, Matthew, to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store. But it's not just the easiest. You might also say it's the best way, because Squarespace has over 20 beautiful, professionally designed templates. Matthew and I have really spent some time looking at them, too. It's impressive. I spend, sometimes I just go online and spend (laughs) hours looking at Squarespace templates because they are so hot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, you can use, you can select any of those templates for your own blog, portfolio, online store. Every Squarespace site comes with e-commerce. It looks great on a computer. It looks great on a tablet. It looks great on a phone. (laughs) You can drag and drop things onto your website and have it up and running in no time. I love dragging and dropping. Um, You know, it's trusted by millions of people, Matthew, and some of the most respected brands around the world. And it starts at only eight bucks a month. Yeah. And quite honestly, like, I've never run into the scenario among our listeners where someone needed one of the advanced plans beyond eight bucks a month. Uh, You know, that that is going to cover it for your website and your needs unless you're like a real high roller. And if you are, you can afford the 16 or 24 buck a month plan. And, you know, if you sign up even at eight bucks a month for a whole year, you get a free domain name. And eight bucks a month, forget it, because if you use the offer code SPILLED when you go to squarespace.com, you are going to save 10% on your first purchase. So, you know, what are you waiting for? Start a trial, no credit card required, and start building your beautiful website today. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Let's talk about no-boil noodles, because what what's the deal with that? Like, pasta is pasta, right? So why are some noodles no-boil and some are boil? I'm so unnerved that you... <laughs> that because I probably should have looked that up before the episode, right? Here's my guess. I think they're probably par-cooked in and some then, way. And then dried again? Yeah. Like, Do you uh, think that makes... I guess that does make a difference. I mean, that's my guess. Something to, something to do with starch granules. So let's talk about the, the Trader Joe's pasta. Or possible it's, possibly it's just thin. So this is... Except those Ronzoni ones. Those are pretty thick. That's and those true. those are no boil. Yeah, you're right. So these ones that you did, how, how long did you boil them? Like six minutes. I I find that it it, it varies a lot by brand because sometimes I buy the uh, uh, Barilla Barilla brand. Um, Even though we we learned like last year that that the uh, CEO is a terrible person, um, I uh, I sort of uh, locked that away and and forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, those those only take like two minutes. And does Um, it say on the box? It, no, it doesn't say to boil them ahead on the box. It's so because, how do you know? Because you just they just you boiled them for six minutes and oh, they blew to smithereens. Oh no no no! Just just because I noticed after after two minutes that they seemed like as soft as the Trader Joe's ones after boiling for six minutes, and so I'm like they're probably fine, and they were. Gosh, you really make me want to like step up my my pasta game. I feel yeah. like the only kind of pasta that I ever bake is is basically baked pasta. <laughs> you know, you just like uh, c- cook some some pasta, put some sauce on it, and layer it in a pan with some shredded cheese. That's a weird coincidence because the only pasta I ever <laughs> boiled is boiled pasta. <sighs> what would you do without me, Matthew? I just spoon feed these jokes to you, <laughs> like you like you spoon feed that baked pasta to your child. No, she's old enough to oh, feed yeah, herself. She feeds herself. Um, but that's great. I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with like crispy baked pasta. That's true. You know, just just because you're using a flat noodle doesn't doesn't make you that special, does it? Well, there is something elegant about lasagna. How did you make this lasagna today? What's the sauce? What's the now? Give me the 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 four four one one. Okay, this has been four hundred one k. I'm going to give you the four hundred one k on this. 
Buy, high, sell. No, the other one. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I'm I'm Jim Cramer, and I'm going to tell you about how to make a lasagna. So this this <laughs> Who's has become Jim Cramer. Oh, he's. Uh, he, Are you making financial advisor jokes? I'm making financial advisor jokes. Let's move on. Okay. Um, this lasagna has become like my house lasagna because it is incredibly simple, and I sound like I'm doing an infomercial for lasagna. Uh, but like this this was like. It came out of like, you know, I really wanted some lasagna one night and I didn't want to work very hard hard at it. So I'm like, what's the best lasagna I can make with just like stuff I pick up at the QFC? Mm -hmm. So this is it's no boil noodles that I did pre-boil. It is uh, some Trader Joe's jarred pasta sauce. It is uh, hot Italian sausage and mozzarella and Parmigiano Reggiano. Nice. Um, and I, so let's get into this ricotta ricotta thing. Not not the pronunciation, okay. but the actual stuff. Okay. I really don't like ricotta. I really don't want it in my lasagna. It feels like filler to what me. What if it's really good? <sighs> but What if you bought the really expensive stuff or made it yourself? I don't know. I feel like even then, you know, it gets kind of dried out. It's, mm. I just don't want it in there. I do. I okay. want it in there. <laughs> All right, let's let's hear more about that. <laughs> How often do you want it in there? <laughs> I want it in there, and uh, but I I want it to be really good ricotta ricotta. Mm-hmm. Um, so we make ricotta at Delancey. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I steal it from there. How many how many times a week would you say you make ricotta? <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Anyway, um, I steal it from there, and I love what it does with pasta. It's so rich. But I think I think the thing with ricotta is you you really, if you're going to use it, I really think you need to shell out for the good stuff. Sure. Or make it yourself, which, frankly, I don't make it it's myself at home very often. Okay. Well, I got to say, I mean, certainly my, my anti-ricotta feelings were formed in the cradle of, you know, supermarket part skim. Part skim. Yeah. No, don't ever use really that. That was a really gross cradle to be in. <laughs> That is a that's never a good idea. Part so, skim ricotta or supermarket cradles. Or or yeah, or laying laying your baby in a bed of cheese. <laughs> I don't know. Actually when I now that I say that it sounds all right. Babies already smell cheesy enough as yeah. it is, though. Spit up terrible smell. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Enjoy that one. I'm gonna finish this lunch now. Okay. Anyway, um no, I really like ricotta. I love it with pasta. I love it in lasagna. I think that part of what, to me, uh, what I'm looking for in lasagna is a really nice, tender, thin noodle. And I'm looking for a certain amount of, of richness, but also just like a great balance between the acidity of, of whatever the tomatoey sauce is mm-hmm. and the cheesiness of it. Yeah, I see what you mean. And like if there's if I were going to level a criticism at my own lasagna, like it doesn't have like the uh, stuff gooshing out when you when you fork it, really. Mm-hmm. It all gets kind of absorbed by the noodles. And uh, definitely, like you know, adding adding a ricotta or a white sauce is a way to, I to make that, that happen. That you switched I, over to ricotta. Oh no! It's yeah, it's, it's ricotta. It's contagious. <laughs> Next, um, we're we're gonna we're gonna slowly b- turn into Lynn Rosetto Casper <laughs> over a period of time. Yeah, what, let's do um, what's this, shallots? What's yeah, shallots? No, what's the segment where uh, like stump the cook or something? Oh yes. Oh well, we'll have someone on to. St- I, I feel like compared to her, we're gonna be real easily stuffed we're gonna have like you know our celebrity stump master like christopher kimball is gonna come on and he's gonna say okay you know you've got green beans onions and olive oil we're like fuck i don't know (laughs) (laughs) whereas lynn rosetta casper you can be like i've got a half-eaten moldy can of spam Uh (laughs) <laughs> and, 
and some I'm, iceberg lettuce. I'm down here in my bunker. And flaccid carrots. And she's like, oh, here's what you're going to do. That's right. Oh, you're so lucky. You know, do you, do you have half a chili pepper? You do perfect. <laughs> Matthew, you do that so well. Uh, oh my God, I wish now. Nah, nah, I really wish we were doing that segment because um, uh, yeah, I I've, I go through the kitchen and life in general kind of perpetually stumped, and it's such an inspiration to listen to Lynn Rosetto Casper and like and feel like you know someday someday that's going to be me like not stumped. She also has this voice that neither you nor I oh no we don't have this voice that she has she has this voice that manages to walk the line between like sexy and authoritative and grandmother authoritative thing like oh it's amazing it's really wonderful like I I just want to listen to everything that woman tells me yeah she could uh she could tell me anything (laughs) and yes and she would yeah she probably has a lucrative side business (laughs) like where you could just call her up and (laughs) yeah um, I'm sh- I'm sure that's been observed before. One nine hundred. What would the call number be? Shalot. Dial <laughs> <laughs> call one it and one nine hundred S H A L L O T. That's yeah. That was right there. Was my sexiest voice. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Well, I feel like we've covered it. Um, yeah, I think so. You know, we, we have covered we've, it in sauce and baked it. Uh, we've we've determined that. Uh, well, have you ever had like a non tomato lasagna that yeah. that you really like? I feel like a mushroom lasagna oh, is something I enjoy. I've never had a mushroom lasagna. Um, maybe like you know, made with with like a significant like some dried porcini. Oh, um, Matthew, that sounds great, doesn't I, it? I feel like the, I'm the, really into Italian food. I feel like the kind of non tomato lasagna that for me comes to mind first. It is like what I was referencing earlier, something that involves like butternut squash and sage and bechamel. And it's kind of got this like sweet quality to it that I don't love. Um, yeah, the way you just said bechamel, <laughs> I thought you were going to say bechamel. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, yeah, no, I was I was kind of challenging myself to see if I could think of a non-tomato lasagna that called out to me in the same way that uh, the uh, sonorous voice of Lynn Rosetto Casper calls out to me every every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and and every night yeah <laughs> uh, in, my, in my dreams um yeah no i, I think uh you know i i will post my simplified lasagna recipe i'm pretty happy with it um uh, one one thing we haven't talked about is like reheating lasagna i feel like lasagna reheats really well yeah that was a bold move of you to reheat it in the microwave and i think it's fine you know the the cheese gets a little bit gummy but in a nice way, I think. Yeah, no, it was totally satisfying. It was delicious. And what I was also impressed by is that you were unafraid of all the popping and sizzling and splattering noises coming from your microwave. Usually when I hear those noises, I'm like, something's going to die. Oh, and can I tell you a story? It's not going to be me because I'm going to turn the microwave off first. So um, yesterday I uh, I put a piece of chicken or two two days ago, I put a small piece of chicken Ooh, in the microwave. Bone in? Uh, no, uh, just just a, a piece of boneless chicken that I that was like, I wanted to like taste it for flavor and texture, but it was fridge cold. And so I just wanted to like take the chill off it a little and like after two seconds in the microwave i heard this loud explosion <laughs> and i looked in there and like i had to like remove the uh the glass rotating thingy to just find the remnants of this piece of exploded <laughs> chicken it was so cool can we talk about what it is that makes um like shrimp pop in the microwave is it I, like a whole bunch of mercury in my seafood or something i doubt that's it 
Wait, so, so explain the phenomenon because I, I don't know that I've ever oh, put a shrimp in the microwave. I, I am now like scared to put most I've, shellfish in the microwave because it, I just feel like it starts popping and freaking out like really quickly. So I think. What causes I, the popping? Well, okay, I think what causes the popping is when there's like water like encased in something else because oh. like that, uh, you know, the water molecules boil um, and expand a lot. But if uh, if there's no place for them to go, they'll like bust aside where whatever they're trapped in. So I, I assume you know shrimps got especially like if there's shells and there's like water trapped under the shell. I'm making this up as I go along, that but I think about I think right. that's, that's that what it is. Sounds about right. Okay. Or if there's like a mix of of water and fat, and there's like water under a layer of fat just bursting to be free. <sighs> yeah, you know, I love that. So I don't I don't think it's that uh, your shrimp have like so much mercury <laughs> that it's arcing from the microwaves, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what kind of sauce you make at your place. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that conundrum. Yep. Um, yeah, maybe sometime we should do like a microwave episode because I'm, I'm sort of pro microwave. Like, yeah, let, I don't... let's do it. Let's put it on the old agenda. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't use it to cook a lot of stuff from scratch, but but uh, I would feel sad if it if it got stolen like my blender got stolen which didn't fictitiously. really happen. If, yeah, if it got fictitiously stolen, I would feel bad about that. Is that a callback to like the melon episode? It is, which I think was probably last week's episode. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, um, you can find us uh, at spilledmilkpodcast.com where Matthew will be sharing the recipe for his simplified lasagna. Yeah, it needs a better name than that. It's like, <laughs> lasagna made simple. It's, uh, <laughs> also you know, a callback I know we're gonna to call the melon it episode. Lasagna made sippable. Um, <laughs> gross. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. I feel like maybe we didn't get that deep into lasagna. We got like two layers deep, but but there are many more strata like before we hit the core. How many layers do you think a lasagna needs? That's to a good be a question. Lasagna? I think four. I'm going on record. Do you just did you just come out with that just out out of thin air? Yes. Do you put four layers in your lasagna? Yes. Does sauce or pasta go on the bottom? Sauce goes on the bottom so that the bottom layer of pasta won't Doesn't stick to burn. the pan and burn. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so a little, a thin layer of sauce. And that, so yeah, so I go sauce on the bottom, then uh, noodle, meat, cheese, noodle, meat. No, <laughs> wait, noodle, sauce. <laughs> this is complicated. Noodle, sauce, meat, cheese. Noodle sauce meat cheese. This is this is a coded <laughs> message thing. to my to my field operatives. Noodle sauce meat cheese. Get out of there. This is a terrible coded message because I just like said field operatives. <laughs> I was gonna say this is my favorite nursery rhyme. Oh yeah, <laughs> noodle sauce, sauce meat cheese. Noodle sauce meat cheese. The other day June was just in her room, like you know, doing something by herself, and she's like. See the little puffer bellies all in a row. See the engine driver pull his little lever. Puff, puff, peep, peep, off we go. I'm familiar with this, and but I don't know what it's it called all to herself, and it was so cute hearing her go puff, puff, peep, Aww. peep. Yeah, I love it when kids, like, saying things to themselves, or, like, say things to themselves when they think no one can hear. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, admit to the murders that they committed and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And uh, until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Puff, puff, peep, peep, off we go. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. Uh, Matthew, you sounding fine. Oh, yeah. Mm. You sounding fine. Get like, it. Like an F O Y N E kind of fine. Yeah, boy. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.